0: Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McLenathan coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given, and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. At one time or another though, all of you that are that drive a car, have plugged in your destination into some kind of GPS device. And how many of you have been 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes in and you suddenly think this doesn't look right? Yes. You're like, I, I don't know if this is, this, is uh, this doesn't feel right, something's wrong here. You may have even uttered the words to the title of my message. Um, Why am I here? You've thought words like that. Perhaps you've been invited to a gathering of some sort. And uh, I remember the first time I attended a baby shower. This was my question. Why am I here? There's so much pink and purple and, and just so many ladies and it's just, uh, it felt weird. And by the way, I've attended all of them that I want to attend. I will not feel bad if I'm not invited. I really, I won't. I just, there's food for thought. For the average person, You do not look at that question from a philosophical standpoint when you ask it, why am I here? As in, why do I exist? I'm going to break this down into three categories this morning, but the first is, why am I here or why do I exist? I'm gonna talk about that a little bit today. But the second is, why am I in the Lehigh Valley? And finally why am I at this church? And I'm going to help you look at all of these today and I know that God's intent in bringing this forward is to bring value to your life. So look at your neighbor right now and tell him this, you're special. Watch the way and the tone you say that. (laughs) And there's what you mean and how you say it. We can know. Why do I exist is the first thing we're going to look at. And I'm taking you to Genesis 128 where we begin. I used this passage last week, but this week it's a little bit different in how I use it and what it means for you uh, here it is, Genesis 128. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and hear these words, govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the animals that scurry along the ground. And then Genesis 2.15, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. So here's the first point. Someone had to oversee all of this. Someone had to. And so God sets man on the earth to oversee his creation. And you should know this. Man is God's highest form of creation. And he set us here with a purpose. The words govern imply that you're doing something. You know, you you uh, if you listen to the words to tend the garden or to tend all of that which was God's creation. If you ladies are cooking a meal, you tend to what's on the stove, don't you? Right. You may have put all of the right ingredients together and then you're watching the stove. You'll open it up. You'll check it out. and You you tend to it. You don't want it too hot. You don't want it too uh, cool. You want it cooking at the right temperature. There's a difference between simmer and a rolling boil. And so it depends on what you're cooking, how long you want this process to be borne out. We were put here to govern, to reign over, to fill the earth. And man placed initially in the garden was to tend or to watch over it. Do you know that we are the only part of God's creation that was made in his image? Look at your neighbor right now and say, you look godly. If nobody's ever said that to you. Yeah, even Pastor Mackay, you look godly. <laughs> yeah, yesterday she was carrying a gourd. She looked gourdly. <laughs> she bought a gourd that looked like a duck. Oh, that was Samuel's. Okay, blame it on the kid. I see how that was. We're the only part of God's creation that was made in His image, in His likeness. God created us this way. Clearly, um, do you know that we function like as creators? Really? I'm not just talking about the process of giving birth either. I'm saying that God made you like Him in that way. I know you think the animals that you have in your household are amazing that they have thinking processes, et cetera. You can train them to do stuff, but they don't think like you think. Now, your, your dog's not sitting at home right now thinking, in two years, I want to graduate from college, and I'm anticipating that I'll get a good job over at b Braun. You're a creator, see? God made you different from the animals. They may be lovely, they may be amazing, but they're not like you. Don't have that kind of forethought and planning because you were created by God to govern all of this. He gave you the capacity to look past today, past this week. Some of you, you're locked in on what we're having for lunch today. But listen, there's a mom or grandma sitting here right now and she's already thought what she's having for Thanksgiving Day. Animals don't do that. When they get hungry, they, find out a, they figure out a way to eat. We create our own destiny. Animals don't do that the same way that we can or do. Clearly, God wanted mankind here because he desires relationship. So I want you to see this. He, he didn't just put us here to govern all of this. He wanted a relationship with us. Genesis 3, 8 puts it this way. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Why was God there? He wanted to be there. Really. God Wanted to be there in the garden at that moment, at that time, to walk with Adam and Eve. He wanted relationship with them. He came down to the garden, into the garden, and he wanted to have fellowship with men. With Adam and Eve. God had the angels... But he created man with the express purpose that we would love him because we want to out of desire, not because we had to. Now, I know if you're a thinking person, you've got to think for a minute that angels did have choice because a third of the angels left heaven to go with Lucifer, right? You, you, you do know that. That's in the word. I'm not making that up just today for your purpose. But, but a third of them. So there was some form of choice. They, they could make a choice. They weren't, they weren't demanded that they must stay in heaven. But unlike angels, um, consider the first commandment. Love the Lord your God. You hear that? With all your heart. That's desire. That's passion. God wants us to love him because we want to, not because we're made to. Huge difference. We have a free will. So we can love the Lord or we can choose not to. It's in our hands. We're different from the rest of creation that way. We have free will. We can decide whether we choose to follow the lord or choose to turn ourselves away from him and do our own thing Uh, you adults know that all too well don't you so i want you to understand this you're not just a product of physical lineage you're not just a product of physical lineage listen to this passage from psalm 139 verse 13 you made all say all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb made all the delicate inner parts of my body god did that you're not just a product of reproduction rather you are uniquely designed by god you're not just here because your parents got together. God made you as you are. He is directly involved in the process. That's what that scripture means. Do you know you're special because God made you? That's why I said for you to say to your neighbor, you're special. You're special because God made you. Listen to, it. I'm not making this up. Jeremiah 1.5, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. It's why we're pro-life. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. God chose for you to exist. You don't exist just begin because your parents got together. You exist because God Almighty wants you here. Maybe it'd be a good time to stop and turn to your neighbor and say, Do you know God loves you? I know you think this is far, but, uh, but listen to me for a moment. When a female is born, she has one to two million eggs in her body. I'm just, this is common biology. So I won't take you too deep, but every female child born is born with one to two million eggs in her. Now you think about this for a moment. You're one of those two million eggs. Amen. That's now, we don't stop there because it also involves a man. So of, of the, again, millions of sperm, one, one made it. One at that moment of creation, that moment of inception, that moment... Of the two million and the million of the, the sperm cells, they come together and look, that's you. You're, in, you're one in multiplied million. You're not just this physical act between a husband and wife or a man and a woman. No, this is God saying you're unique. You could have had blue hair. Maybe not. But <laughs> you can have blue hair, but not be born that way and you can, have whatever the color you, you, you can you could have been taller. You could have been shorter. You could have been wider. You could have had smaller feet. You could have larger feet. Out of all of those cells. You're uniquely designed by God, one and multiplied. Look at your neighbor and say, you're, you're one in a million. So that's why we believe in, in life. We're pro-life because we believe that God is involved in the process from the very beginning and it's not on you to decide whether or not that child should live. God's involved in that process. Don't you take the life of that child. You leave that in the hands of God. You're God's unique creation. Let's move to the next. So you're one in a couple of million you can write that down take your notes couple million i'm going to go to why am i in the lehigh valley now that i know there are a multitude of practical circumstances that brought you to the lehigh valley many of you may well be outside this may have been outside of your choosing Could be your parents moved here or your grandparents before them moved here. How many of you are here in the Lehigh Valley and you represent multiple generations that are from the Lehigh Valley? Come on, hold your hand up high for a minute. So about six maybe of you that are here, maybe seven or more of you that multiple generations. It's not just a matter of a mom, a granddad or a grandmom uh, and dad. It's just, it's multiple generations. I, I on occasion, will tell people, and especially when I was in Florida, but uh, my, my grandfather, great-great-great-grandfather, McLenathan, went to Florida in 1841. So we're one of those rare people that are multiple generation Floridians. And so, you, I know there are practical circumstances that put this together, and, and then there are decisions that are directly related to you. Maybe you got a job transfer, or maybe you just wanted to be in the Lehigh Valley versus how many of you came out of New York City or North Jersey? You were tired of that. Thank you for being honest. And you moved here because it was either cheaper or you could find a better home, maybe a better life for your family and stuff. And so you came out of the big city to be here. One of the things that makes this church such a beautiful church is that we have many other countries. How many of you were born in some other country or your lineage is out of another country? Stand to your feet for a minute. I want you to see all these beautiful people. Come on, come on, stand up for a minute. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you are here. And that we get to call you part of this body. You're what makes this body of believers beautiful. So under the banner of free will, you are are where you are because of someone's human decision. I'm not uh, ignorant of that fact. I realize that some of you are here because um, it was a human decision that brought you here. And while that is true, There is another, even greater reason. Please do not discount the God factor. To ignore the fact that God weighs in on the affairs of men would be a grave mistake. Because God does weigh in on our affairs, even when we're ignorant of it. God could be answering the prayer of a great, great grandmother prayed 70 years ago and that's why you're in the Lehigh Valley. That's why you're part of this right now. Don't forget the God factor. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. The Lord directs the steps of the godly, Psalm 37, 23 says, he delights in every detail of their lives did you hear that it doesn't it doesn't say that god started something and then he pulled back his hand and he's never involved did you read this because that it on the contrary it's not as if god just created all of this like some believed in the past and say of our forefathers that god just created all of this and then he just stead, stood back and said okay y'all do your thing The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Don't eliminate God out of this. You say, well, I'm not much of a righteous person, preacher. Your righteousness isn't based on the perfect. It's based on the perfect work of Christ, not on your abilities. There is none righteous. No, not one, the scripture says except that your righteousness is bound up in the work of jesus christ you're beautiful because he makes you beautiful you're good because he makes you good do you know that god has invested in you as an individual you are not just one of the many Rather, you are uniquely you, and God values you for who you are. He values you as an individual. He made you the way that you are. That's why I just read that passage of Scripture. He delights in every detail of their lives. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. God is a part of that process. If you will follow God and his word, you must realize that God's intentions for you are for your and your life is for you to succeed. Oh, you ought to smile and say amen about that. Isn't it good to know that God wants you to succeed? Do you know that when you succeed, God looks good? Really? It's not just those few people that seem successful. No, God's happy when anyone is successful. Based on the Abrahamic covenant, where you put your feet becomes territory in which you should prosper. What do you mean Abrahamic covenant? Listen, I want to say this. You are connected to this because you are a child of the king of kings. You're his heir. You're expected to be the head, not the tail, the first, not the last. I'm gonna read some of the Abrahamic covenant to you here in just a moment, but I want you to understand something. You're connected to it. Paul the apostle said, you're grafted in. Look at your neighbor and say, you're adopted. You're part of the family. You got the name. And this isn't just me telling you that everything you touch should turn to gold. Rather, it's me pushing you to understand who you are. Rather, I should say, whose you are. You're connected. This is bigger than just you. You're connected to something that's bigger than just you. It's good to be part of the family. Here's the Abrahamic Covenant. I have it for you. It's from Deuteronomy 28. I'm just reading a few verses, one through six. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn you all into Lutherans for just a minute. There's gonna be a part where I'm gonna look for you to respond to me, just like they do in a good Lutheran church or Episcopalian church. They do these things. You've been there if you've, if you've been there and they, they have a bulletin for you and you're supposed to say something. I'm going to give you something to say here. Just a minute. Let me get through this first page. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving you today. Now, it's conditional, right? You read this? If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the World. Now I'm going to pause here because I want you to understand something that I know and I believe and I'm convinced beyond all possibility that it would be otherwise. The reason that America is the nation that it is today, it is because of our foundation on these principles. It's not, I don't care what a former president said, we're not a Christian nation. That is hogwash. We were founded on these pr- principles. Yes, amen. These principles. It wasn't just a casting aside. Of maybe so. Listen, our very first president prayed real prayers amen. to God. Did it publicly. And all of them did. And God will set you on high above the, all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Now, here we go. This is your chance. Your towns and your fields, Will be blessed. your children and your crops, Will be the offspring of your herds and flocks, Will be blessed. your fruit baskets and breadboards, wherever you go and whatever you do, you Did you catch that? That's the Abrahamic covenant. Now listen, I only gave you a little bit of this. Go read the whole chapter. Check it all out. Because if you'll obey the ways of God, if you do what God says do, look at verse 13. I threw this in for you. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. Does that mean that everything you touch turns to gold, preacher? No. It means that I know who I am and I know who I'm connected to, so you can't beat me up with anything otherwise, because I'm an heir of the King of Kings and the Lord of Hosts. I know whose I am. You can dance all around that all you wish, but I know who I'm connected to. That gives me a firm, solid foundation. I know He's got my back. I know He's got my front. I know He's on my left and my left and my right. I know He's all around me watching after me. Because I've made the decision to follow Him with all of my heart and all of my life. I've given my life over to Him. I am His, not my own. I've been bought with a price. That may may make a few of you really scared, but I'm here to say to you, I've lived well because I serve a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's get the last category. Why am I in this church? Do you know that God established the church, capital C? God himself established the church. Now, on the day of Pentecost, the church exploded onto the scene. You may know that. I don't know why it's giving me two at a time, but there it is. On the day of Pentecost, the church exploded onto the scene. Just, it was an amazing thing. When, when, When the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, the church was born. 3,000 get saved, filled with Holy Spirit, baptized, and now they've suddenly, where there was no church, there is a church. They've got to figure out where to meet. And basically, today's church resembles that church from that time. And the church, uh, that was God's plan. It didn't just happen. Right? It was God's plan. If He knows the intimate details about us physiologically, He also knows the details and design for what He would expect to happen in the church that He would cause to emerge. And here's the thing the church would become the vehicle through which God would bring salvation to the world. Look at your neighbor and say, You're a vehicle. Yeah, we're not talking about a building. We call the church the church, the building. We call it a, a church, but it's, we're not talking about the church. We're talking about you, people. You're the church, capital C. You are the church. And God designed the church as the vehicle. That means you and I, through, through us, he wants us to bring salvation to the world around us. At your neighbor and say, you better, okay, you better get busy. Use that vehicle wisely. Mark sixteen fifteen puts it this way. And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. How about Acts one eight? I'll give you part of it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. That means if you have the Holy Spirit, you're witnessing. Anything short of that means you need to work on something. need to get filled more. So here's the thing, church. We have an assignment. We exist with an uh, assignment. Every church, everywhere, should be about the business of bringing the gospel to the world. I'll say that again. For any other pastors, any other church, don't care what your denominational group is, the Word of God makes it very clear that every church, everywhere, should be about the business of bringing the gospel to the world. The good news of Jesus. This is both broad and narrow. I'll take you back to Acts 1, verse 8 again. It's broad and it's narrow. It's wide and it's narrow. It is scope and it's narrow in its scope. Acts one eight. here it is. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, that's downtown, that's uh, the homeland, that's Bethlehem. In Judea, that's Northampton County or perhaps Lehigh County. In Samaria, that's the Lehigh Valley. Actually, Samaria is better represented as people that you don't typically associate with. Because the Samaritans, for the Jewish people, who would be receiving this first, were people that they kind of ignored because they were half-breeds. They were half-breeds, and they didn't have a high respect or high regard for them. In fact, good, traditional, orthodox Jews would not hang out with Samaritans. That's why it was such a shock when Jesus was at the well sitting there with a Samaritan woman talking. She's a woman, first of all. We know about her lifestyle because Jesus says, you've been with, you know, you're on your six men right now and you're not even married to him. She's Talking to a Samaritan, talking to a woman, and she's a a loose woman, loose living woman. And there's Jesus talking to her, but Jesus loves all. And wants us to go to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Doesn't matter if their skin color matches yours. Doesn't matter if their manner and way matches up to you. Doesn't matter if they make you feel good about their style and their manner. No, God wants you to take the good news to everyone, everywhere. He wants you to get this word out. And that's why the church exists. So that's the church. Listen to this passage of scripture from Matthew 22, verses 9 and 10. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike. You know what they're saying? Don't care if they have tattoos. Front, back, all the way up and down their arms. Bring them in. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. Hallelujah. God really does love you and longs for a relationship with you. Listen to me, church. If you're not actively finding ways to share the gospel, I challenge you to remember we all live eternally. I, am sorry, it's there. It was already there for the entire time. So you got this note, but he, everybody lives ever forever. The only question is where, and you have the answer. If you have Jesus in your heart, you have the answer. Jesus is the way. You have a unique assignment. There are people around you that you are uniquely designed by God himself to reach. I want you to hear this story. Some of you know who Priscilla Shirer is. She's the daughter of Tony Evans, an amazing preacher. Some years ago, my son called me on a Sunday morning and asked if he could go to church with us. Emphatically, I said yes. I could barely hear him on the phone as he whispered, what should I wear? In the most loving way I could, I responded, whatever you want to wear it doesn't matter as long as you go to church with me you see my son wasn't saved and he would never go to church with me when I asked he had long hair a scruffy beard and tattoos all the way down his arms even to his fingers he rode to church with us that Sunday it was a day I'll never forget he was wearing a long sleeved button-down shirt to cover his tattoos because of the shame That church people had made him feel. As my husband parked the car, the Lord spoke to me and said, When you go in, make sure your son sits between you and your best friend. And although I was a little puzzled at why the Lord would give me such instructions, I didn't question him. When we sat down, my son was beside her, and immediately she started loving on him the way that she loves on everyone. She told him how awesome his tattoos were and asked who did them. When he told her that it was he had done them, she gasped and made him feel even more at ease as she told him what uh, a wonderful artist he was. As the service started with the praise and worship, I heard the Lord speak to me. Today your son will be saved. When the preacher goes to the pulpit, your son will go down and be saved. I immediately started crying uncontrollably. I knew the Lord was about to answer years and years of pleading and praying for my son. When the preacher stepped behind the pulpit, he said, There is a young man here today that the Lord is speaking to. You need to come to the altar now. I felt my son nudge me so he could get out of the pew. I grabbed my husband's arm, and we moved out of his way. This mama couldn't even go to the altar with him. The aisle was as far as I could make it. All I could do was praise my sweet, sweet Lord for answering years and years of prayers. That day, my husband, my friend, and the preacher led my son to the Lord. That day, his name was written in the Lamb's book of life. That day, all of heaven rejoiced. When I tell you, you are uniquely you, how can you deny that when you hear this story? God spoke to a mom. God spoke to uh, a preacher. God used a neighbor, friend, friend, God is uniquely involved in this process. For you see, He knows you for who you are. You're not just a generic number. When I say you're one in three million or one in a couple million, you are uniquely you designed by God. God has a plan for you. There are people that Only you will be used by God to reach. I'm not going into the place you work. I don't live in your neighborhood. You bring people to this church, and they're going to hear a gospel message. You can rest assured of that. I'll do my part, but... You have a part. You see, God chose to work through us. God chose to place his gifts in us. He chose this. Those gifts are not for your consumption. They are rather for God's assignment with you. He didn't gift you so you could just have a bunch of good gifts in you. No, He gives you so he could ta- you could take those gifts and share them with people around you and they too now can find Christ as their Lord and Savior. They too can live for God and spend eternity in heaven. So Why am I here? God has a wonderful, fulfilling path laid out for you. Listen to these words from Isaiah 30, verse 21. Your own ears will hear Him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go. You're uniquely designed. God cares about you, specifically and individually. He has a good plan for you. And He's right behind you, whispering right now, this is the way you should go. Find out God's plan for you. Don't ignore it. But find it. If you will allow him, God will put you on a beautiful path that will make your soul rejoice. If you will attach yourself to God, be filled with Holy Spirit, and get tied into this church, you're going to have an amazing adventure. Pastor Amy stands up here and you're thinking, she's just going on and on about this Christmas fest. Why? That's months away at this point because we've been tied to it now for several years and we've watched people come into the kingdom because of that Christmas fest. And we've watched people that were at one time, we have someone sitting in this service right now that came to us through that. Now serving God in this church ministry. God knows you. He's uniquely gifted you to reach a specific portion of the community that surrounds you so that we then become the greatest impact church in the Lehigh Valley. You're connected to something way bigger than you. And when you guys hear me say that, and I I should stop. Sort of making it, putting parameters around it, but I, but I'm, I'm fearful that people will misinterpret that. I don't want to be the greatest impact church in Lehigh Valley because I want people to know my name. I want them to know Jesus. And I know that if you are filled with Holy Spirit, that if His power and His anointing is in you, you've got people you will reach, I'll never touch. Now, you can count on this. We'll be prayed up and ready for them when they walk through those doors. But God has placed in you something that's uniquely designed to reach that person that's near you. Don't miss your opportunity to love someone into the kingdom of God. Don't miss it. God has a plan for you. And I want you to play your part. Would you stand to your feet please? We have a multitude of places you can serve at Central Assembly. Some of those places require certain skills. Yes. You can't teach if you don't know how to teach. Can't work with children if you've never worked with children. Some of those places need some training many of those places just need someone who's willing willing to learn willing to come alongside willing to jump through a couple of hoops pastor amy mentioned the uh reducing the risk that's coming up yeah we want you to take those programs because we want to protect our children and we want you to know things that are necessary for you to serve in that capacity from anything that's associated with youth and children you need to take reducing the risk if you've never taken it or maybe you've been you know it's been a long time you should take the you should take it an hour and a half of your life so yeah there's a commitment for some of the things but some of the things it'd be awesome if we just had people standing out in the outside the church welcoming people when they drive on the parking lot hey we're glad to see you there's no parking spaces here. You're going to have to go down the street. Or look, we've got loads of spaces. Come on, right here. See, you don't have, yet. may need a little training, but you just need a willingness to do that kind of thing. I'm going to put you to work. Find your place to serve God right here and right now. Because remember this, church. We are on the brink of eternity. We are in the last of the last days. We've got time right now, and we need to be busy as possible. It's why you see us. We're constantly doing some form of outreach, constantly have things going on that we're attached to. Will you find your place and serve there? And maybe maybe you have no skills and you just feel so backwards, but do you have finances you can gift us so that we can do other things that otherwise we can't do? God use you that way and your generosity in that capacity so that like Pastor Amy said maybe you got five grand that you would spend help us with toys so we have grand stuff to give away this year let God use you because you are uniquely you designed by God to serve Him here and now And so let me put it really bluntly Will you help me do what God's called me to do? I'm not here by accident. I don't know about all of you, but I do know this. God made it very clear to me and my wife that this is where we need to be right now. Will you help me do what God's called me to do? Will you help me fulfill the vision God's given me to reach this territory for Him? to set captives free. Think about all of those people that are lost and dying, destined for hell, but we can change that path. God's given us the capacity to do that. Will you become a part of that team? Bow your head and close your eyes. We've already made an altar call for those who are not in a right relationship with Christ, but just maybe you're here now in this moment. And even though we've done this already, you would say, preacher, I realize now, after sitting through this service, I know I'm not in the right place with God. I'm not sure that I would spend eternity in heaven, but I want to make sure of it today. If you're still here and that's your situation, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, but you lift your hand up high and say, I've got to make it right with God today, right now, preacher. So I'm lifting my hand to say, I need Jesus in my life and I know it. I've been running my own way, doing my own thing. Holy Spirit's dealing with you. Come on, don't miss this chance. Give you one moment longer. And say, I need Jesus in my life. I'm going to move on. You can always talk to me and call the church. And we'll deal with that on another day, but I want to ask this final question. Who's here and you realize that God's speaking to you today about getting engaged in, the, in helping people come to know Him. As their Lord and Savior, would you lift your hand, saying, "I want to be on the team, preacher." I'm not going to come signing you up. I'm not doing that. But you say, "I know I need to do more. I know I've got gifts. I know God's talking to me." Father, I thank you for these men and women that raise their hand now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak into their lives. That God, they recognize first. They recognize their value. That they are a product of your direct. Your direct intention, Lord Jesus, you're connected to them intimately as their heavenly father. You were a part of their reason for being and a part of their being in the Lehigh Valley and further actually being in this church so they could serve you doing your work in this day and in this time. God, I pray that you help people understand they have a role to play and you're just asking them to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you folks. God bless you. Have an amazing day in the Lord.